0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Well, good morning, everyone. Yep, I know. It's nine o'clock. A nine o'clock service. Hey, I'm so glad that you made, made an effort to be here this morning. I realize that fresh snow can make roads a little bit slick, but you made it. You're the tough. You're the tough ones. You didn't wait till the roads were salted. You just came anyway. Put your life on the line. So we're uh, glad to have you at our first service this morning. Listen, I'm really excited about today. I really am excited because we're going to begin a brand new adventure. Some of you know that I was just in China uh, last week, and it really was a great adventure. It was a trip of a lifetime, but what I'm hoping that we're going to do together will be an adventure and a trip of a lifetime, and I trust that you're ready to start a brand new series that we're calling New Through 30. This is really more than just a, a series. We want this to be an experience, literally an adventure of a lifetime and one that i hope you don't soon forget and for the next 30 days what we're hoping to do is to elevate the priority of god's word and the adventure that we find ourselves on i know hundreds of churches have done it in the past over the years and we're going to do it together um, for 2019 and believe me when i say this is going to be an adventure uh, that you probably have never experienced before and, and i'm really praying that hundreds of our church family will join this adventure. It was just 27 days ago that we ushered in a brand new year. Lots of plans were being made to bring in the year with a bang, and new resolutions were being made, and of course, the number one resolution that is made every year on January 1st is, we're gonna lose weight. And, it, and, and we're so determined, we, we believe it, and, and we're, we psych ourselves up for it, and sometimes we make it through the whole week on that fitness plan. Uh, That we're planning, you know, for the last 15 years, that has been my number one. Yes, January 1st, I am going to get fit. I'm going to get in shape, and then something happens, something snaps inside of my mind. All of a sudden, I lose all determination. All the discipline goes out the window. I think I'm probably not the only one that that happens to. And then, of course, there's those of us who, you know, we get so determined, we buy that gym membership. Or we buy fitness equipment. Because we are so determined. I mean, how many people have bought fitness, qu- fitness equipment, made a, a special room for your fitness equipment so you can get in shape? You know, I, before I moved here, I, I had a room right off of my bedroom, four steps away from my bed. Was It what I call my little fitness room. I had a treadmill in there. I had a stationary bike. I had weights in there. There was no reason why I should not be in the shape of my life but it didn't happen in fact most of the time my fitness room looked like a storage area maybe you've experienced that I that's where I did all my laundry that's where I kind of ironed that's where I hung the clean I draped the clean shirts over the weight bench the shirts that were iron I hung on the uh, bar and then the clothes that still need to be iron were on the on the bicycle and the treadmill it, it was it was disaster sad but true Uh, You couldn't even see the equipment. But I said, 2019, it's going to be different. It's going to be different this year. I'm not going to put fitness on the back burner. And that's why I actually, believe it or not, joined Weight Watchers, just so I could get serious about that. And you know what else I'm determined about this year in 2019? is that I want to get in some really good spiritual shape as well. To be honest, I think I've discovered a little bit of spiritual flab that's been hanging around. On me. And I've discovered maybe I'm not quite as fit as I should be when it comes to God's way. And, and I really want to change that. And so my spiritual stamina, it needs to be strengthened. I've got maybe just a little too sluggish. So my prayer is that over the next 30 days, we'll kind of get back into a, a training schedule when it comes to our spiritual fitness. And I'm praying that all of us will join this adventure that we're about to start. As you came in this morning, you received, actually, a, a bookmark, and it's called New Through 30, a daily reading plan. It just kind of lays out how we can read through the entire New Testament together in 30 days. In 30 days. Now, at first, a challenge. I know it seems so daunting. You may say, that's crazy. The whole New Testament in 30 days? That's crazy stuff. That's for the super fit Christians. Aren't there 27 books in the New Testament? And I would say yes. Some people say, I haven't read 27 books in my entire life. And you want me to read that many in the next 30 days? In fact, I know some would say, hey, I'm a guy. I don't read, right? Unless it has big pictures with just about four sentences on a page, I don't read books. And, and I'm a little bit like you. I, I'm not one that's drawn to read books for sure. In fact, you may be of the, of the type that I am. I mean, why spend five days reading a book when they make it into a movie and you can watch the whole thing in 90 minutes? I mean, that's good stewardship, right, of our time. Well, for people like me, I'm asking you, let, let, let's step out of our comfort zone. And for the next 30 days, let's push ourselves a little bit. And together, let's read through... The new testament Uh, this week i was reading psalm chapter 90 and i had totally forgotten totally forgotten that moses actually wrote one of the psalms in the book of psalms and and, and we know psalms is really like a collection of songs that were used for worship and and there's one psalm that moses wrote he's like a one-hit wonder and uh, in Psalm 19, and I'm reading through the lyrics, I, I had no idea that Moses had this artsy side to him, that he was a songwriter. And, and I read these one words. These words were, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. I love the lyrics of that song. All my life I wanted to write a song. That's been a dream of mine since I've been a teenager. If I could just write one song, one hit. I don't, mean, I don't mind being called a one-hit wonder. Just one song that would just set me for life. You know, like um, Dolly Parton with that song, you know, I Will, Love you for, uh, I Will Always Love You. You know, she made it a hit. then 20 years later, she made another number one hit. And then Whitney made it a blockbuster hit. And then when she died, it became a hit all over again. And I mean, Dolly Parton's been going to the bank, cashing those checks week after week after week for 40 years. That's all I ever wanted to do, write one song. One song. And I've done some, I've I've written some great one-liners. Just never could finish the song. And here's Moses. And I love these lyrics. Teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. I think Moses is saying, teach us how to live day by day. I think that's what Moses is asking. He says, establishing a fact that human life is brief. And the truth is, life is a lot shorter than we think it is. And oftentimes we don't even look at our priorities of life until we're close to the end of our life. I know I take life for granted. I think a lot of us do. That we'll always have time to do this or do that or say this or go there. And in this verse, Moses emphasizes to us again that life is brief. And I think Moses is asking, so how do I live? How do I live day by day, knowing that life is short? Like, Lord, help us to grab a hold of the idea that life is short and and teach me how to live day by day. I mean, how do I live life to its fullest, knowing that life can be very short? Now, God, make us wise as how to live day by day. Because we don't have forever to fix things. So it seems as though Moses is saying, so Lord, just teach me now. Learn how to live day by day in this short life. That I'll be wise in how I live. I think that's what Moses is asking. You know, we're always shocked, aren't we? When we receive the news and there's a knock on the door or the telephone rings and someone passes away and we get that phone call we're always shocked it doesn't matter how long they've been in a nursing home it doesn't matter how long they've been hooked up to machines it doesn't matter how old their age we're always shocked when we get that phone call We're like, what his life is short i mean this past week we were celebrating helen watson's life i mean 93 94 years old yeah, you kind of think, well, maybe you shouldn't be so shocked, Donald. But I remember that when I was told that she had passed away, I was like, what? How is that possible? I was just laughing with her in the foyer a couple weeks ago. It's always a shock. And it doesn't matter if, if you live to be 100. Life is short. And so Moses is saying, help us, Lord. Teach us how to live day by day. And our life that we're living, like life is now. It's not how we're going to live. It's not about the future. It's how we're living now. Nothing is promised to us past now. I mean, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift that God has given to us. So Moses says, Lord, teach us. Teach us to number our days so that we would have a heart of wisdom. When I understand my own mortality and realize that life is short, I don't focus so much on others. I do a little more self-examination. You know, when I start putting numbers on my days, I'm always reminded that one day I will stand before God and give an account of how I lived. I won't give an account how you treated me or, or how you lived, but I will give an account of how I lived and how I treated you. And so Moses says, teach us to number our days so that we could have a heart of wisdom. And as I was thinking about that with Moses, I thought, Moses had a life-changing encounter. When he was 80 years old, it's that burning bush. Had an encounter with jesus and and everything changed and ever since then it's like moses just wanted to learn how do you live day by day and i believe if you want wisdom to know how to live day by day it's going to come if we know the book if we know what god's word has to say so with that will you take your bibles please and turn to matthew chapter 4. matthew chapter 4. if you don't have a bible maybe you forgot your bible at home I want to really encourage you, bring it next week. If you don't own a Bible, we have Bibles back at the information center. They will give you one to take home today, especially as we're in this new journey together, reading through the New Testament in the next 30 days. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And what I'm going to ask you to do, since we're putting a priority on God's Word, I'm going to ask, as we read, that you would stand as we read this passage of Scripture, okay? So would you stand with me as I read Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, Well, then tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. Notice now the devil is actually going to start quoting Scripture. That's crazy. The devil is going to be quoting Scripture. He says... Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him. And the angels came and attended him. Let's just pray. Father, I pray that in the next few moments, that in a fresh and a new way, you would impress upon us to know your word. So, as Jesus, when, when the enemy came to attack, he was able to say, It is written. God, I pray that that's what we'd be able to say, because we know the word. And so, Lord, take these next few moments, stir our hearts, give us a deep desire and passion to really know your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There's something about God's word that opens our eyes to the priorities of God. And as we're reading through that, I'm just reminded again, even this morning I was reading through that again, I was like, I'm reminded, it is written, Jesus, it is written, it is written, that's how the enemy, how Jesus was able to fight off the enemy, it is written, he knew God's word. And what we're about to start, which I'm hoping that hundreds of you will join us, in this adventure. What we're about to start is not for the faint of heart. This is uh, not what you're going to be able to do if you want to be a, a spiritual couch potato. This will take some effort. There really is no shortcut to knowing God. It's not like you can take a pill at night and you wake up and you, all of a sudden you have all this life experience. To know God. And I assume if you're here today, there's some kind of flicker inside of you that wants to know God. Whether you've been a Christian all your life or whether you're just here investigating what God is all about. I want to challenge you that for the next 30 days that together you'll do something we may, we've, maybe you've never done before. Read through the New Testament. You may say, well, Donald, uh, what's the big deal? Reading through the New Testament. Is it all about me getting a gold star by my name on some chart? Is it all about me being able to brag that I did some extraordinary feat? Is it so I can gloat over how spiritual I am? Is it all about getting my name written up to be some high achiever? Absolutely not. It's all about getting to know God. I'm absolutely convinced that when we really read God's Word, we actually get to know Him. We get to see the different aspects of God that we didn't get that we maybe we didn't know before when we immerse ourselves in this book life even begins to look different our perspective begins to look different the way we live is different the way we raise our families is different the way we interact with people is different this book is an incredibly powerful it is god's word And the reading of this book, I believe, gives you spiritual strength. It will give you stamina. It will be able to help you fight back the enemy. All 66 books of the Bible are inspired by the Holy Spirit. They have been preserved for us throughout all the generations. It is the number one bestseller. No book like it. Translated in more languages than any other book in the world. And found in every corner of the world. And the thing is, this book can change your life. Like it can actually change your life. It can open your eyes to brand new realities. It can remove all the limitations that the enemy has accused you of. Some have tried to destroy it. Some have tried to eliminate it. But it is God's word. You can't hide it. And you can't hold it back from all of its effect. It still transforms lives, though it was written thousands of years ago. How blessed we are. And I, and I do pray that as we do this together, that God will give me and give you a deeper desire and a deeper hunger to know him and his word. And I, let me tell you, I need this challenge every bit as you do. Um, I know some of you think, well, Pastor Donald, why would you need this challenge? I mean, we kind of like hired you to like read the Bible and study it and put some kind of a sermon together, which is true, but you know what the dangerous thing is for me? The dangerous thing is that this just becomes a textbook. And then I just spend time so I can get a sermon together. That I don't read it to fill my soul. That I, I don't just read it so I can get some questions for my small group Bible study or or some lesson for a children's class. Believe me, I need this every bit as much as anyone in this room. Maybe even more than some of you who have been faithful Bible readers all your life. I really am excited about what I am going to learn during these next 30 days as we read through the New Testament. And I really believe God has something for us, for all of us on this journey. And as I said, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian all your life, or you just made a, a commitment to Christ, or you've never made a commitment. You're just investigating I think this exercise will be of great value. Now, I know some of you are already thinking, where am I gonna find the time to read chapters um, in a day? Pastor Donald, I work long hours. <laughs> I work hard. I, I have a real job, Pastor Donald. Right? And I work hard and I'm exhausted when I get home. Honestly, I feel your pain. But let me give you words of encouragement. I, I just read this. The average Canadian watches four hours of television a day. Okay, four hours a day. So over a course of a month, that's about 120 hours of television. Well, great news. This reading program only takes about 30 minutes a day. So if you, if you multiply it for the whole month, that's probably about 14 hours. That still gives you 104 hours to watch your television shows. Right? Or, or T-vote, or, or may I even encourage you, why don't you fast tv and just immerse yourself into God's Word. Every time I turn on my television, now I don't watch a lot of TV, but I am a news junkie. I don't know what's wrong with me. All I want to do is watch news. It's depressing, but I still watch it. And every time I turn on a broadcast, they're talking about some kind of war. You know, casualties continue to climb. Devastation has hit a town or a village. People are running for their lives. There's a lack of food and water. Uh, You have the Syrian refugee problem. People are fleeing because of civil war. And you always seem to have the conflict between the Palestinian state and the Israeli government. And terrorists are hanging out in, in Turkey ready to attack. But I hope you realize that none of those wars are as dangerous as the war that is raging around us this morning. For there is a battle being fought for the hearts of men and women, teenagers, and boys and girls. And this enemy gives no warning. He is covert, he has a strategy, and he's not to be trusted in any circumstances. He has only one thought, and that is to mess you up and to mess me up. He has your worst interest. In mind although at times it seems like it seems to be the best and since I know that there is a war that rages around us by the way and it's no girl fight it's no pulling hair and slapping each other in the face this is a real fight and sometimes it gets nasty and sometimes it gets bloody and so I need some weaponry you know, I haven't been really that comfortable around guns. Even though my dad was an avid hunter, I mean, that man would go out and live in the woods for a week until he found an animal to bring home. He was always hunting, but I, I never really got into the gun part until I went on a missions trip and I was there for a month in the jungle and the missionary said, hey, we're going to take all the teens. I'd taken a group of teens from our church. We're going to get all the teens, give all the guys a gun. And we're going to go in the jungle, and he said to us, if you see a deer, shoot it, kill it, so we can bring it back home to the village and we can share the meat. Oh, by the way, you also may see some wild boar charging at you, or a cheetah, shoot that as well. I remember thinking to myself, no one told me there's going to be wild pigs charging at me. This is all new. I didn't sign up for this. But he had given us a weapon to protect ourselves. Well, guess what? This is the weapon that God's given to us to protect ourselves. This is the only enemy, I, the only uh, weapon I think that can fight our enemy. And the Apostle Paul refers to it as the sword of the Spirit. See, this, this weapon allows us to be able to move forward and starting, instead of turning around and running for cover. This weapon, this book, makes the enemy shiver in his boots. This weapon can reduce the most powerful enemy to his knees. This weapon can pierce through and divide what is right and what is wrong. And this weapon can, can protect your family. That's why I say this weapon should be with you at all times. Don't leave home without it. Because we're talking about the fight of your life. Notice in the passage that we read how Jesus fights the enemy. He quotes scripture. He says... It is written. He doesn't just say it once. Because another attack comes, and he says it again. It is written. Oh, that didn't work, so the enemy comes up with another plan, with another attack. And he says, it is written. And that's how he fights the enemy. If we ever have a hope of standing in this war, it's because we know God's word. Because every time the devil opens his mouth, he's going to twist The truth. In fact, you go right back to Genesis, the book of Genesis. Satan, the devil, actually quotes what the Bible God says, but he just twists it a little bit. To deceive Eve. If you're gonna be able to fight your enemy, it's because you because you know the truth. Because you know the truth. Of God's word. And how are we ever going to get to know God if we don't spend some time in His word? How can we be alert to His attacks if we don't know what to look for? My friend, this is a combat that we find ourselves in. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in waving some white flag and surrendering to the one who's out to destroy us. I think if we read God's word and we know God's word and we understand God's word and we internalize God's word, you and I are a danger to the enemy. There's no running back and hiding. And if you and I ever have a hope to chase the devil out of our lives, out of our houses, out of our homes, out of our businesses, out of our relationships, out of our families, out of our neighborhoods, is because we're going to be able to flex a little spiritual muscle, which is knowing God's Word. The whole purpose of knowing this book is to to help shape our thinking. I mean, I get some crazy thoughts. And if I didn't know God's word, let me tell you, I would have made some serious mistakes in my life because of my thinking. Uh, When I lived in um, Virginia and Maryland, I coached soccer uh, for a couple of years. Now I have to tell you, um, I didn't know a thing about soccer. I might have even told a little bit of the story before. But people who knew me uh, assume because I grew up in Canada and I played hockey, it translated to the soccer field. You know, there's, there's forwards and centers and goalies. I mean, how different can it be, Donald? And they had also some faulty logic, too. They, they knew I had, had played college soccer. So playing hockey, playing college soccer, well, you're going to be a natural fit to be a coach for our soccer team, Donald. Now, they didn't investigate any of that stuff. Uh, like, first of all, I, yes, I played college soccer for one hour. I, I was in the library studying. I was in seminary, and a couple college students came and grabbed me and begged me to play soccer. They said, we have so many team members that are sick, and we're going to have to forward a game unless you come and play. I'm like, but I don't know how to play. They said, it doesn't matter. They grabbed my briefcase, all my books, grabbed my arm, and ushered me to the bus, which was leaving in 10 minutes, to go play Marymount University. Back in the 80s, soccer uniforms were indecent. (laughs) Short shorts. And I swear they gave me a, a junior high outfit. I was very, I was like, oh. And I remember we're going down to Marymount University, and I'm, and, and I'm on the sidelines, and, and, and they're giving me all those last-minute instructions how to kick the ball. Then I find out I have to play the entire game. There's no subs. And so based on faulty logic, people had assumed, man, they don't even, he doesn't even have a sub. He stays on the field all the time. He'll be a perfect coach. The reality is I didn't have a clue about soccer. And so someone was kind enough to go to the library and get me a book I had to play soccer for dummies. And I held on to that book every game as the coach, flipping the pages. What, what call was that? Back and forth, back and forth. Let me tell you, if I had known that book better, I would have made better choices. If I had known that rule book, I would have made wiser decisions. I would have made better calls on the field. But I just knew a little bit. And so, Honestly, I made a lot of mistakes coaching soccer. Well, honestly, it's no different than when it comes to knowing this book. And just because we carry it doesn't mean we know it. You got to read it if you're going to know it. You get to know it. So when the devil comes your way, and t- begins to tell you, you are not such and such, and you can't do that, and you can't do this, you can show them in the book, hey, buddy, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. You can take your finger and go, hey, why don't you read Philippians 4.13 that says I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. But you got to know the book. you got to know the book. I have some really good friends uh, back in Nova Scotia. Uh, Scott and Denise is their names. And they waited a long time to have children. They, they wanted children, but it just seemed like it just wasn't happening. And after years of marriage, finally, Denise was pregnant. And I remember them being so excited. And then finally the day arrived which gave birthed to her, her baby boy, through their baby boy. God's perfect gift to them. Then in less than in 24 hours, they were told, you know, their son Max had Down syndrome. And Scott and Denise's words are etched in my mind forever. Because I was in the hospital when they said, we don't want anybody to feel bad for us. Because this is, and I quote, this is God's best for us. You know why they could say something like that because they knew the book because Romans 8 28 says all things are working together for good for your good and for his glory hey if you didn't know that though you begin to think God's giving you his second best that's why you got to know the book you got to know God's Word so when the devil whispers in your ear you'll never amount to much God can't use you because what you were like in your past or he throws your past in your face but then you remind him of Romans 8 1 therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus but you can't quote that if you don't know the book if we're gonna know the book We've got to spend some time in it. Do some spiritual training. Do some Christian cardio. And you know what else is amazing about this book? Like I said, it's been around for thousands of years. It was been written over a couple thousand years ago. And if the Lord does, should not return for another thousand years or two thousand years, this book will still be around and it will still be changing lives and it will still give uh, power to those in need and it will still be able to sh- shine light in darkness and sin will uh, and, and this book will offer new life to those who are far from God the prophet Isaiah wrote these words the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of our God shall stand forever So let's do this together let's take the challenge together let's read the the book together let's know the book together let's study the book together let's immerse ourselves in the book together let's be all that we can be together for the next 30 days let's challenge ourselves to read the entire new testament And maybe at the end of 30 days, you may find yourself, I need five more days. We'll take the five days and finish reading the New Testament. You may find, I need 40 days. It took me 40 days. Well, we'll celebrate the 40 days. But let's do this together. Let's take the challenge. Let's get into God's word together over the next 30 days. And see if it doesn't begin to transform our life. Let's pray.